This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey guys, this is Liv. And Dave. And And you're you're listening listening to Conversations. Conversations. Wait, what did you say? Conversations. It's Conversations. That's what I said. Conversation. Wait, why are you saying it like that? I'm not saying it like anything. I'm saying conversation. What are you saying? Conversations. We're saying the same thing. Say conver. Conver. Now say stations. Stations. Now say conversations. Conversations. Okay, let's try this one more time. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, this is Liv. And Dave. And we're Pizza and Parsecs. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to conversations. conversations. I think you're saying it wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm saying the same thing you're saying. I am 99% sure you're wrong. I'm 99% sure we're saying the same thing. And you guys are listening to conversations. Welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat. And this is Banter Father. A long time ago in a van on the way to Orlando, a couple of nerds had a series of conversations. <laughs> I wonder who these nerds are. We keep talking about them. Oh, it's the wives. That's it. I'm sure. No. No. <laughs> no. Not at all, they right? They are. They are gorgeous and beautiful beings that we are blessed to have in our life intelligent um yes. smart two of a kind yeah what what are the other two keywords what were the other keywords um, they told us to say told us to say tolerant and tolerant loving. right yes and to get our chores done before we record another oh oops not that one okay right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh man so on this banter fodder yes We've got a couple of friends with us. Yes, so we always indeed. have friends with us, but this yes. time is new friends. New friends for the first time, and we really appreciate them coming on. We have Lauren and Andrea from the Galactic Podcast. How are you guys doing? Hello there. Hey, what's up? Genobi. Sorry, I just... <laughs> she said hello there. It's a condition response. It is. It's not my... It is. We would have started over. <laughs> and now that the beard's back, I, I feel like I'm more in character. Yes. Um... <laughs> Yes, for everyone who's not watching this, which is everyone else but everyone. us four, <laughs> Pat is growing his uh, Kenobi beard again. I had to shave it for the COVID. Ah, yes. I did, because of the masks and the, and the N95 and the seal and all this nonsense. Um, but now I, I'm, I'm pretty positive that I've gotten COVID at some point. So I'm willing to take my chance <laughs> for the pretty sake awesome. of, of cosplay. <laughs> yes, Star Wars cosplay, come on. Well, yeah, what other kind is there? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, you know, why don't we get a, um, a little bit about you guys for our three fans and, and their um, <laughs> lack of knowledge about you guys. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, so we, uh, we are the Galactic Podcast, have you guys said. We've always been Star Wars fans since we were little. I mean, I always tell this story that, you know, she had the cool Kenner toys. I always went to her house. She had like the Luke Skywalker. She had an X-wing. She had the Vader helmet that was the case that had the figures. Nice. She had all the cool stuff. So I mean, I always hung out over there <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so 
that was kind of like, I mean, that was kind of my one of my earliest memories is going over to her house, you know, watching Star Wars, playing with all the figures, and then it kind of just grew from there, and we've always talked Star Wars, and then I think when Force Awakens came out, I think it kind of really started up again, and we at family events would just talk Star Wars, like just nonstop, and then my brother actually was, you know, listening to us, because he's semi closet nerd but he but he says star wars <laughs> he's thing. nothing like us though <clears throat> no, i mean we we nerd out right we yeah yeah we did at family functions all the time so <laughs> he you know one day one at one of them he was like you guys should just start a podcast he's like you guys talk about it constantly just do it and we were like yeah but like who would listen <laughs> like who would really listen to us like i like i mean we could and we talked about it for a while and then we just decided we're like yeah let's do it and we did it and you know like i said here we are 365 days later and we're uh still having fun doing it so yeah that's fantastic yeah. you know lauren uh is an admin for the uh star wars last band group on facebook so she really had this extensive knowledge of uh canon star wars and i was just really like an uh original trilogy huge fan didn't really mind the the prequels at all i remember coming out of the force awakens just completely jazzed so um yeah lauren really has uh introduced me to this new world of star wars with the canon books and and comics and got me into all the animated stuff so over this last year my star wars knowledge has really beefed up and feels great that's awesome. <laughs> and I can also thank Pat for the uh, my animation delving into as well, because uh, and talk about making a uh, you know an impact on the on the prequel trilogy, like the Clone Wars oh, yeah. and all that wow, kind of material. Yeah, it's right. it's fantastic, right. and you know more Star Wars knowledge never hurts. And uh... but before we uh, ask you our sort of opening question, um, I just would like to say uh, I forgot to tell Pat about this, but. Um, you know, this isn't the first time we've been this close to Lauren, Pat, by the way. Just to, we, uh, we were about, uh, about three people away from Lauren. Oh, about, uh, at Star Wars Celebration. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. And drop Celebration. <laughs> oh, whoops, that's right. <laughs> It'll be quick. What? Running gag, running gag. Yes, running gag, that's right. Oh, um, my Wait, wait. So, Hold on. How am I how am I not aware of this? Because I meant to get a screen grab to send and I forgot to. Um, but while you were doing your uh, Good Morning America Chewbacca impression, <laughs> I was literally oh, behind you. Yeah. Lauren was behind oh us. God. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> okay, so most importantly, <laughs> Which is think of the impression, right? <laughs> I mean, it was spot on. It was spot on. So I mean, I, I had to give you kudos. They're deserved. It was spot on, honestly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's what are the odds? That is crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Because one of my friends, Katie, was uh, the Leia cosplayer that was that got pulled up. That was right, her. right, right, right. She's one of okay. my really good friends. Okay. Yeah. And we were literally Which... behind. Yeah, we were like right behind you guys. Isn't that leads to my next question. How about that cosplay, right? <laughs> Jeez. He doesn't stop, does he? So ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I had tweeted out the image of that event, and I did remember a couple of, I don't know, a couple of months ago or four or five months ago, I put out some of the pictures from that interview. Yeah. And Lauren responds, she goes, oh, my God, I'm right behind you guys. And I was like, no way. <laughs> yep. 
That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. was Andrea? Oh, do we not talk about that? No, we don't no, talk no, about, that. about that. Okay. No. okay. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. That's fine. That's fine. I was at home getting live updates via iMessage. That's what was happening from Lauren. <laughs> That's sweet, though. It was. What do you want? I can buy you whatever you want. Yeah. And it's one of those things where when you're at home and you see all this stuff coming in, it's great that you're, like, included in some way. But then at the same time, you're, like, almost angry at the people that are there because you're like, how dare you be there without me? <laughs> Am I right, Andrea? Well, I mean, to I... be fair, I really didn't know what I was missing. I mean, oh. I mean, to be honest, so I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then when she got home and I got to see all the pictures, I was like, oh. my God. <laughs> That's where the anger started. <laughs> yes. That's where the dark side came out. <laughs> I hate them. Um, I yeah, was like, that... man, I killed them all, not just the right. men. <laughs> Not just the men, and the children. Not just those two idiots in line making stupid two slaughtered them like animals. <laughs> and the oh. GMA host. <laughs> yeah, the GMA host. Uh, um, oh man, what a fun time! Yes, very cool. That's I'll have to look back at that and see her because. Now I'm like, I'm so short though, like it's hard. Like, you can probably see like the top of my head, but I know where I am. Like, I know where I am. I told Charles, yes, it's like over the left shoulder. Yeah, over the left. That's me. Look, this is why I've never cosplayed as a stormtrooper. Every single person would make that joke. It'd be like 9 30 in the morning, and the 527th person would be like, hey, 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 hey. Aren't you a short for Stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd want to blast them, but being dressed as a Stormtrooper, I'd miss, and it would just be <laughs> And to be fair, I, I only accounted for about 362 of those, right? Somewhere around there? <laughs> I thought it was 314. Oh, that was nice of you. That's good. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. I mean, <laughs> right, right. That's the number. Uh-huh. That's the number. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. All right. So, Andrea, you got to do a celebration I know. when you get a chance. I will. And you have to. That's um, if it's like, and that's, you know, honestly, our trip to Chicago was we, we had gone to Orlando's in 2017 mm. for one day, mm. one day only. And uh, we, we are idiotic because we should have gone the entire time yeah uh but we didn't know any better yeah and Mm -hmm. and we got to see mark and and all sorts of cool people and cosplays and and wonderful things so it was great um but we looked at chicago as a once in a lifetime opportunity Mm. so we went and we did and we loved it Mm -hmm. so you know even if you do one you gotta do one at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's like for Star Wars and for nerds and just general pop culture geekery, um, it's, it's something you have to do. Anyway. Um, <laughs> that so, being said. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, uh, we missed you in our Good Morning America bit. And There we go. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> But we will Photoshop you in the in the stills. How about how about that? 
Yeah, there you go. Photoshop. I like that. Perfect. <laughs> oh man. So, do we hop right into this? Or yeah. What? Let's uh, let's kick it off with your uh, patented question. See what I did there? I don't know. I mean, I I do see what you did. <laughs> I I think that's. I feel like we came up with these together though. Well, you expanded upon it where it was perfect, so that's why you need right. get, you get to ask it. All right. Well, enough about me and more about them. <laughs> um, so basically, this is one of our favorite questions that we ask people, and it is: If you could have lunch with anyone from Star Wars, who would it be? Now, this is not limited to any specific category. It could be any characters, artists actors creators anyone involved in any capacity with star wars real or fictitious wow yeah right <laughs> that's a tough question we haven't that. answered it yet our own <laughs> <laughs> but see and here's the here's the beauty of it is my answer were i to give one has changed probably three or four times mm. wow that's fair <laughs> man Ooh. yeah that's a tough one. There's so many like characters and just people that work in Star Wars that you'd want to sit down and talk to. Um, no, I would actually like to... I'll take John Williams. And I'll take the music route. And I would love just to talk to him about how he came up with all of those iconic music notes, themes, you know, everything like that. I think that would be a great and an amazing conversation to yeah. have with him. It would be John Williams. I'll, I'll choose John Williams. Nice. Wow. And and quickly, um, just to interject, um, that is the well, and that's the thing is he is the tie that binds all of the Skywalker saga together. Yeah. And yep. regardless, and I think we had mentioned this on social media, no matter what you think or how you feel about the sequels, the prequels, mm. the original trilogy, like everyone loves the music yeah yeah 100 universal and it's yeah. just like and there's there's so many there's the different themes for different characters and films and all and it's just it's really a cool dynamic to have that constant between mm -hmm. all nine films yep yeah yep. bravo 100, yeah 100 percent agree and i think that's why you know his you can you can debate star wars all day long i mean that's what we do it's what we do right <laughs> But the music, I think, as a whole, I think you can, you wouldn't find, I mean, there probably are, there probably are, but there are probably not many people that would disagree that the music is probably perfect throughout the entire mm. Star Wars. And, and I mean, not just the saga, you go to the animation, you go to Kevin Kiner and his True. stuff with Clone Wars and um, Rebels. I mean, it's just iconic stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think the music is, is pure. I mean, it's as important as you know, the action and the actors and everything, the music is just as important for sure mm -hmm. for me. Fantastic. I'm ready. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. All right. All right. <laughs> Here we go. I just, this just came to me. I think it's through powers of the force. I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking, who would give me dirt? Okay. <laughs> who would give okay. me dirt? Who would be uh, very forthcoming with information? And then who would I want the absolute truth from? So um, there will be truth serum in, in our get-together. <laughs> and it would be Mark like Hamill. Mark oh. Hamill. Oh. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. And the truth serum is coming out when we get to The Last Jedi. That's what I need to know. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Oof. I need to know. Because he flip-flopped, and I need to know, is it the flip, flip or is it the flop? flop. Ah. Okay, okay. Now, now, real quick, to kind of piggyback off of both of these, um, I when we went to go see The Last Jedi um, with my family, I <laughs> my daughter is in a young Marines program at school, which is like a JROTC type of thing. And um, so she was at her... Um, drill after school on a Thursday and we were going to see The Last Jedi afterwards and um, so <laughs> I picked her up in a you know, episode 7 to 8 Luke cosplay with the wow. hair oh, and wow. the beard the whole bit right <laughs> and one of the kids like, like I got there a little bit early and one of the kids is like is that Obi-Wan Kenobi? And the daughter's like my daughter's like, no, it's Luke. Like, totally, like, like idiot. Um, but um, I mentioned that because when I was making said cosplay, I was um, listening to the Jedi steps. Mm. And John, the the end of the uh, Force Awakens. That's one of um, my favorite. On repeat. Yeah. Literally the entire time that I was building the outfit and. Um, it speaks to both John Williams and Mark Hamill. Mm. So uh, I just wanted to slip that in there. <laughs> I don't think I even heard that story. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you did. No. Oh, look at that. Now you have. Yeah. Now you have. <laughs> and your three listeners, they yeah. will hear it too. Exactly. <laughs> Two of which include us. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Well, yeah. that one guy or person then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Which is you just me with a different as account. Surprised as you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so cool! Oh my gosh, so Mark Hamill. That's oh. have we had Mark Hamill yet as a choice? I don't think. Well, I mean, he's always been a choice, but I don't know if anyone selected him. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yes. he, gosh, he is talkative. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with truth serum, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the linchpin here because yeah. because he knows how to keep a secret when he's not drugged. Mm. Yeah. But <laughs> if you drug him. Right. If you give him truth serum, then, I mean, you've got 40 years of yeah. Star Wars <laughs> secrets. Mm-hmm. And not only Star Wars. I mean, you got everything. Yeah. You got his Joker stuff. You got the whole bit. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. Child's right. play. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But wow. Okay. So you both pick people that we haven't we haven't had as choices yet. That's very nice. cool. Well done. That's awesome. Very good. Good for you guys. <laughs> so for today's discussion, um, Oh, yeah, we have stuff to talk about. Yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, it's been great having you guys on. We'll uh, get some socials and uh, we'll be out of here. Um, so we had talked about the middle parts of all the trilogies. Yes. And it's interesting to look at them uh, as a set where you have uh, you know, the middle chapters and they have extremely different interpretations and effects on the fandom. And that's really what we're going to talk about today, is just trying to see how these piece together, or if they do, are there common threads to them, 
are there ways that we can uh, maybe uh, open minds of others to these movies of where they are within the trilogies? Are there, you know, there's obviously there's highs and there's lows, uh, but there's highs and lows in all the movies. Um, but it seems like these middle movies have uh, have gone through the ringers uh, for sure. And uh, that's really sort of our topic. And what I'd like to start off with would, would be just sort of a basic discussion on the standard trilogy and where those middle chapters fit. And not just with Star Wars, but with any trilogy. And those, uh, you know, the common threads between the first chapter, the middle, and the, and the third, and how those characters move through the introduction, through the, the middle piece, and then how does it all end? And how does that translate to the Star Wars trilogies and are ones better than others? And um, I'd like to see what you guys think about what the purpose of that middle chapter is, regardless of what the tropes are or the common themes that many uh, storytellers use. And uh, I would like to start with uh, Lauren on that and to see... Do you think that the middle chapters within each of the three trilogies follow a set or accepted pattern of storytelling, or do they sort of break out of those molds uh, to benefit the story? Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, obviously, like you were saying, you know, the middle the middle chapters of any trilogy, you know, they're supposed to kind of set up a, a problem for, like, our hero from last from the last time. And they're supposed to kind of go through some stuff and learn and grow that will lead into, you know, the final, the final movie. Um, I see thinking about that now, I think Empire Strikes Back and I think The Last Jedi are two that I think really changed that, changed the mold and changed kind of how that second, you know, that middle chapter is, is seen. Um, you know, Attack of the Clones, which, you know, obviously a lot of fans, not all, not all, but many fans, you know, kind of deem that as, in their rankings, as, like, their their lowest, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, that's debatable, and that's a fun discussion, and we all, you know, that is had all the time. But I think what, what Attack of the Clones does, I think it does set up, in my opinion, the whole, those attempts into the dark side, the transition into his, you know, into Vader, is very significant. I think, you know, it, it tells that tale and it tells it very well. Um, and obviously there's so much, the dialogue you can always, I mean, that's the one thing, the dialogue you can always make fun of and everything like that. And, you know, Padme, Anakin and all that stuff. But I think the one thing that you can really say about the attack of the clones is that it sets up that type, that, that specific character, Anakin's, his journey down to what we see in revenge of the Sith. Hmm. You know, I think with Empire and Last Jedi, I think changed it because obviously with Empire, you really didn't see the whole, you know, no Luke, I am your father. And having that, the villain and the hero be connected in a way that hadn't been seen before, I think, um, at that point in kind of in cinema, it was kind of a different, a different thing. Mm. So you would, you know, that kind of changed how second trilogies are probably looked at after that. So, I mean, again, George Lucas set that up and because of his writing. And that's one thing you can't deny is his writing, you know, maybe the dialogue isn't great, but his <laughs> ideas and his storylines are superb. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a world builder through and through. Um, and I think when you look at Last Jedi, you know, Ryan Johnson took ideas and said, you know what? 
I'm going to change it. I'm going to kind of flip it and I'm going to say, you know what? It's not going to, I'm not going to follow those tropes. I'm going to change them. And he did. And right or, you know, a lot of people, right or wrong, liked it, didn't like it. That's, that's fine. I mean, I personally love that movie. That's one of my favorites. I loved what he did with the character of Luke. I think, again, it was something that you didn't expect, didn't, didn't see. And it changed, again, it changed the narrative of the entire saga. So, you know, the middle chapters can do wonders for a trilogy because it can really change the landscape of what we're going to see in that final chapter. Mm. So, yeah, I, I mean, the middle chapters are great. I'm a middle child, so I'm biased, but <laughs> I think the, the middle is nice. always like, it's where, you know, that I think the meat of the story, when you look at a whole of a trilogy, that's where it's at. For me. And with no problem at all. Andrea, you're going to be able to follow that up for no problem. I can't wait to see Lauren's family later today. Is no. Let that one go. That's what Lauren said today when we were recording. We are talking about the middle children. And she's, no, I'm just kidding. And she's the best. She's like, horn like crazy. Um, she learned it from Pat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> What I uh, I feel like the the middle children of Star Wars are so different. Mm. Um, I do think that all the way that they are similar though is that they are all very slow paced, and it mm. gives you time to expand the story and learn new things about your characters, which I think mm. is is great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the purpose of what George said he wanted to do with the Empire Strikes Back is to learn more about Han, learn more about Leia, Leia create some more characters. Uh, but where I think they are different is Attack of the Clones is, oh, it, it was placed wrong. It, it had the purpose of wanting to learn about, um, the characters and really see that fall happen with Anakin, but I feel like just the timing wasn't set up right. And then they had to create the Clone Wars, if you ask me. I feel like Attack of the Clones should have been... When the clones were attacking, besides mm. just, you know, at Geonosis. My own mm. opinion. I felt like we could have got a little bit more information around that. So, to me, Attack of the Clones doesn't feel like the middle child. Because it doesn't give you enough information about the characters. I've said this plenty of times. In Revenge of the Sith, when Obi-Wan says to Anakin, you were my brother, I didn't buy it at first. Because it does not give you that good breakdown of their relationship in Attack of the Clones by itself. It just doesn't. So, to me, the middle will always be, let's expand for a little bit. And let's go off in this direction. And let's see who becomes our hero, stays our hero, maybe does, maybe doesn't. I, I guess we kind of learned that in the, the sequel trilogies. People who we thought were going to be our hero, maybe that changed. Um, some unexpected uh, people were brought in and then left out. Rose Tico. But, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't, you know, I was, as Lauren was talking, I'm looking at my movie collection and trying to think of, like, other trilogies. And I'm seeing, like, The Godfather, Indiana Jones, uh, Lord of the Rings. And with me... All, all the middle children are um, slow-paced, but for me, it's where you get your most information. So I always, I always love them. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the, um, like Lauren said, the meat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's where it's at. 
It's much more flavorful than the bread on both ends. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I see. What's interesting about the Temple of Doom is that it's very different than the rest of the. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the Temple of Doom, and it's so flashy and funny, and like, hey, you know, <laughs> it is a little bit against the the grain of, uh, you know, being in the middle of a trilogy. But yeah, yeah, it's very different than the rest of the franchise. I think it's fun. Um, I like it. And of course, that's the first thing I thought of when Charles mentioned other than Star Wars, because all my other than Star Wars still stays in the umbrella of Lucasfilm. <laughs> and John Williams. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I was like, other than Star Wars? Oh, well, uh, Indy. Indy, there yeah. you go. <laughs> oh, man. So, Pat, what do you think? Uh, what do you, uh, what's your take on the whole middle? children oh well um you know it's interesting when we were bringing up this idea of this topic because i think between the two of us we realized that empire is probably the best quote unquote of the original trilogy according to you know countless fans Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the Attack of the Clones is probably the worst of the prequel trilogy, according to countless fans. And then The Last Jedi is either or, mm-hmm. according to who yeah. you talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very so much so. It's, um, it's a very interesting you know, situation to be in because nobody's, nobody talks about The Last Jedi as like, yeah, it's okay. You know, people are either like, "Oh, it's terrible. It's the worst film in the franchise." Like they need to, they need to retcon it and get rid of it and make it non-canon and all this nonsense, or like it subverted expectations and it's fantastic and all the cool stuff that happened and everything. So it's it's interesting um, how you have literally the complete spectrum with the middle chapters yeah from the best to the worst and literally everything Somewhere in between, between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so it's um you know growing up my favorite star wars film and film in general um was um indiana jones and the last crusade no um, <laughs> was, um you're not wrong uh, i mean great film and it's got James Bond himself I mean who are you kidding <laughs> so um, I loved the Return of the Jedi because because mm. you know I was kind of younger and Luke was the hero and everything panned out for the heroes which was fantastic I didn't like Empire when I was younger because it's sad and the stakes are high, and the rebels are losing, and Luke gets his hand chopped off. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it's terrible for the good guys. And as a kid, you don't like to watch terrible movies where the good guys lose. <laughs> um, so I didn't love it then, and and it was the first Star Wars film that I'd seen. And <laughs> again... Back to Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> I, 
you know, when I first saw Harrison Ford in the Carbonite, I was like, who's putting Indiana Jones in this, like, metal coffin, and why? <laughs> yeah. You know? That, that's the scene that sticks out for me when I first saw the film. And um, so, of, of course, then seeing Star Wars and realizing that it wasn't Indiana Jones, that it was Han Solo, a different character from the same actor. Um, it's like, well, is he is he dead? I mean, Lando says he's alive, but we know we can't trust, trust Lando. Lando. No. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, you know, so it's like, well, Han's out of the picture. And, you know, Han's my boy. So <laughs> seeing Han out of the picture is like, oh, man. Okay. Well, that sucks. And Luke's hand's gone. And <laughs> the whole rebellion's like, oh, crap. Well, now what? So it doesn't doesn't go well for the good guys mm -hmm. and it's just it's, it's it's not good when you see it as a kid so i didn't i didn't like it i love it now and um and you know it's 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 i mean star wars is my favorite so it's my favorite <laughs> but i but it's you know so it's changed over time but the attack of the clones we we had watched this jointly um, as part of our Star Wives series <laughs> where our, our wives are watching the Star Wars saga and taking notes and nice. just, I mean, it's like, it's like a class for them. <laughs> like, oh man, I'm going to show up for Empire. It's like, you know, so anyway, um, so we did just watch it. That was last weekend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did our Skype call <laughs> so to watch it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So it's very fresh in our minds. Um, and, uh, it's better than it was when I first saw it. Mm -hmm. And, I know Charles and I had spoken of the um, the faults of this film, and I, for a long time, had regarded Hayden Christensen as not a good actor and just like what a terrible choice for the character and blah blah blah. Ooh. And I, I, yeah, and and I'll admit that I was wrong, and I had seen him in other things away from Star Wars, which is very strange for me. <laughs> but he was, he was, his acting was fantastic. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then, you know, so I was thinking, I was like, why, why is he so bad in, in Attack of the Clones? <laughs> and, and, not and, no, and it's not his fault. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's, that's the conclusion to which I came as well <laughs> is, is that, you know, I know I've seen Hayden Christensen do some fantastic acting. So it's not that he's a bad actor. It's that the, whether it's the material he was giving and the script that he was given was bad. Or, and the in canon sort of, you know, in my mind canon um, explanation is that a lot of this was being manipulated by Palpatine. <laughs> right? His Hold acting, on. Wait, his acting was being. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Ian McDermott was off camera all the time. But hold on. Okay. Now, Andrea, I know that you're, you're skeptical of this. Okay. So, 
So let's talk this out for a sec. Okay. It's a very, it's a very cool theory. Right it's a very cool theory. No, this is this is not this is not a monologue. This is a dialogue. Okay. <laughs> so, so. Did you believe the the attraction between Anakin and Padme in Attack of the Clones? Yes. I say okay. yes. Okay. All right. Was it slightly weird? Well, yeah, they were like. He was a teenager, so yeah, it was weird. Right. Well, That's why I see, I see the where they first saw each other again, the start of the movie, mm-hmm. and the coldness, or not the coldness, or like the the dismissiveness of Padme, and like you'll always be the boy I met on Tatooine to the end of the movie. Now this can be about story, and like uh, Andrea was saying about we needed more oomph to these characters that could never be done in a one movie set. You know, like at the Clone yeah. Wars, but you mm-hmm. have that development from. The first time he was nervous to see her again, all the way to the end, and they're getting married. That seemed always forced for me. And we asked our wives the same question, and they agreed, right? Did they say that it was, or did they think it was, I can't remember what they said. I think one of them said, that's not how the force works. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's the general consensus. And if Palpatine's able to manipulate midichlorians in the womb... I'm pretty sure he can play like Match.com <laughs> with with Padme and Anakin. Match. Like a love potion. Right. Right. I mean, that's a theory. That is a theory. I'll, I'll give you that one. It's I've my never, favorite. I've never heard theory. that theory. Am I just well, living under a rock? So, <laughs> no. No, I don't think it's a very widely accepted or received theory, but I... I'm pretty sure it's Pat's theory alone. <laughs> I digress. But if you think about it, if... if... Wait, 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 okay, all right. Wait. Charles, go ahead. Okay, uh-oh, so uh-oh. my thought about that theory, and I've heard it before, and I think it's interesting as an angle, because if you... if you be in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> for one year anniversary for you guys and our final episode for us, <laughs> monumental show. <laughs> now, I'm going to say that when I, you first told me that, I thought it was... Yeah, because that was two nerds in a car on the way to Orlando. Correct, and that's why we're here. So if you think that Palpatine is moving all of these pieces all across the entire, well, all nine movies now, if... He's hiding things from the Force from Yoda, or uh, even like as we saw in uh, The Last Jedi, where Snoke was the one making the Force connection between Rey and Kylo. And of course, now we know Snoke is Palpatine. If he has these abilities to manipulate not just, you know, politics, but also these inner workings of the Force, if he is literally taking two human beings who he needs to manipulate Anakin for the end goal of not being able to save her and turning him into Darth Vader, that type of forced connection between two people who weren't really meant to be together would be awkward. And so if that progression starts at the start of the movie, and who knows what happened in those, you know, in the time between um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, he's literally smushing these two people together. And by the end of the movie, they're, they're married. So I mean I I thought it was fantastic I thought it was a fantastic hmm. idea as an approach as a, a potential. 
I could see it. Like the whole Palpatine ankle. I get that. I could see that because he was a master manipulator, as we know. So is it like a far-fetched idea? No. Um, But it's interesting that he would pick those two people. But again, Anakin having the higher midichlorians and he knows Padme from Naboo. Naboo, yep. I guess it would make sense. And I think he noticed a infatuation on Atticon's behalf in The Phantom Menace. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, before we get to that point, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This week on Storage Wars Tatooine, a dispute erupts over ownership of a particular unit, but the Huttese auctioneer steps in and tries to settle it. What's going on here? This is my unit! I paid for this up front for three months! And you're here trying to auction it off? I store all of my boiler makers here. Do you know how much it takes to make a particular brand of Jedi mind-bending liquids? This is ridiculous! Tune in tomorrow to Hollow Channel 7 to find out if your rightful owner keeps what rightfully is his. Maybe. So kind of building on that already. And of course, when in when the Attack of the Clones started, he's like, hey, perhaps Obi-Wan could go and do stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that's fair. all right, you're, you're kind of, your wheels are turning here. And and I think that he kind of, I mean, I'm, I, whatever. But wouldn't he be but- worried, though, too, that again, <laughs> what could happen if with them falling in love and look what happens they had twins she had twins and they were very powerful in the force so mm-hmm. i that's the only thing that would i would just like kind of i i i'm leery with that theory it's not bad it's not as bad as i thought i'll i'll take all my <laughs> my disagreement with you pat but like him if he was able to see kind of the visions like he had cuz i think him i've said this before to andrea i think Palpatine and Yoda were the two that could probably see things furthest in the future than anybody else. You know, and they could. I think if Yoda wanted to manipulate things, I think he could have. But he chose not to because he trusted in the wills of the Force to do that. So he that's why he did not interfere uh, like Palpatine did. And then look what happens. Though. Look what you interfere. Your granddaughter, quote-unquote, kills you. I mean, it happens, whatever. You Weird. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think, Andrea? What do you think about oh, yeah. the whole theory? It's an interesting theory. I don't like it. To <laughs> be honest. Well, thanks for coming. Right. And uh... <laughs> thanks for coming. Getting, well, and Skype. winding up. Hang on. I know no one can see me, but <laughs> I, like, I, I like the fact. Uh, real quick, I like the fact that Lauren um, said it's not as bad as I thought, which pretty much sums up everyone's opinion of me. <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. 
don't ever like giving Palpatine as much credit as many people give him. So the same with uh, maybe he was the one that caused Padme's death, that she didn't die of the sads, that he <laughs> actually, you know, yes. he actually, cre- you know, was the power behind her death. Like to think that he... Force or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or he used her life force to give life to Anakin mm-hmm. um, when he was creating Vader. I don't like that. Um, I don't, and I do believe that Anakin was not necessarily in love. But I'm I'm getting super serious on this. I'm sorry, guys. That's cool. No, that's great. <laughs> that not necessarily in love, but maybe like you said, infatuation, possession, lust, all of that. And I just believe George Lucas wanted to present a coming of age story and wanted to teach his audience that those types of behaviors will lead you to a path of uh, the dark side, you know, hmm. of killing men, women, and children. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. Now, do I think it's odd that um, from the beginning she said, I'll remember you as a boy on Tatooine, and then all of a sudden at the end they're getting married? No, I don't. I know you guys are married and, and been married, but so if you – when you were first in a relationship, you almost could have got married in those first two months. Like, think mm. about it, right? You, like, really jumped mm. in really hard, and all of a sudden you're like, I can marry this person. Mm-hmm. I already know. Okay? So that's what I think that is. She, I think Padme was super smart. I think she respected herself. She had boundaries, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then she thought she was going to die. She had a, a, her shirt was about to turn into a midriff. <laughs> it was all <laughs> crazy. And... She she tells him she loves him, and then that's what happens. I don't think it's Palpatine. I think it's just good old natural hormones that happen. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Okay. I mean, I nothing like turning your shirt to a midriff to uh, to initiate nuptials. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's the takeaway here. Okay. Next cosplay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so write it down, Pat. Which one of us gets to be Padme? Neither of us. Right, yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) So, and, you know, it's interesting when you think about it that way, too, Andrea, in the sense that you have uh, plenty of real-world examples of, you name the bad person, Al Capone, or, you know, uh, any of these bad people who have been throughout history, have women who have fallen in love despite faults or despite things going on in their lives. Like, you know, with Anakin, like you said, like Anakin coming back from the Tusken Raider camp and killing everyone, like just completely wiping them out. And, but that isn't, you know, within, you know, three or four lines of him, you know, dropping that, dropping that, not lines, uh, three or four minutes on screen time from him dropping that to her, they're off smiling, heading off to uh, save Obi-Wan. And, well, yeah. you know, they said you had to protect me. And if you're going to protect me, you have to come with me. And sort of the smiles are back and all that kind yeah. of stuff, which was, you know, a really quick transition. But, again, story-wise, it's it's part of the story and the pacing that's required to get to the end of the, uh, end of the movie. Yeah, but right. uh, love is blind. So that's a – Hands down. You know, that's yeah. – it's it's – totally legit as well it's you know that makes totally a lot of sense probably why not many people have thought about that theory because (laughs) it's still cool though but (laughs) (laughs) well think about this too i was just literally thinking about this like in each of the middle movies you know there's 
there's Anakin and Padme, and they kind of go through some stuff. Han and Leia go through some stuff. Last Jedi, Kylo and Rey go through some mm-hmm. stuff. Kylo, Ren, Ben, whoever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it if you do think of it that way in terms of how Star Wars kind of keeps together, they kind of do each middle movie, they have had, like, love interests, if you want to call it, have, like, trouble and have, they have to work things out, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. And, you know, that that's prevalent in Star Wars, especially in the in the middle chapters, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and you in know, life. Star and, Wars is and, life. Yeah. yeah. Star and, Wars is life. life. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think that the middle chapters are sort of a propellant for the last chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the absolutely. stakes, yeah. In, yeah. especially in Star Wars, the stakes are absolutely raised. And... I don't think leaving any of those films, anybody was like, well, you know, all right, whatever. I think they were all like, we got to see the next movie (laughs) and, you know, find out what happens. Right. Um, And uh, and that's what makes them effective storytelling is that it, it. makes you care about what happens next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I saw Empire, it was also my first movie, um, just before watching uh, at a drive-in, watching uh, A New Hope uh, in a double feature. And and you were like, why is Indiana Jones in that metal car? <laughs> no, that was you, remember? That was you. Right, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so I saw Empire first. And then it ended for me, and it's it's still with me today. Where I look at the middle chapters of a of a pure trilogy, like designed trilogies, where yeah. you know you have a middle, beginning, middle, and end. I look at the middle chapter as the dark chapter for me, because mm-hmm. when I first saw Empire, like Pat was saying, Luke lost his hand. You've got the visual of our heroes looking out over this space vista with um, you know Lando wearing Han's clothing, trying to go and find Jabba. <laughs> There's a sense of foreboding. Mm-hmm. And then with the attack of the clones, you have this wedding, which you would think is a, a great time. You know, it's a fun time. But the wedding itself, even with the uh, Cross Stars music playing in the background, <laughs> um, you've got uh, the, the wedding, uh, sort of a backdrop of a beautiful vista again, but there's a sense of foreboding. It's not as uplifting as you would expect it to be and it's because of yoda why is that well because when they were talking about oh well you know we defeated the droids and blah 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 right and yoda's like yoda's like nah right like this just started the clone wars just started yeah bad news right Mm -hmm. and so you got that and then you fast forward then to the last jedi and you've got the uh what's left of the rebels on the run in the Millennium Falcon, you've got a handful mm-hmm. of, of people, and that's it. But it's funny. I actually look at The Last Jedi as almost more hopeful than the other two movies. Because you've got the broom boy at the end. He's got the broom. He's got the, the sort of like the, 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 you know, the insinuation of a lightsaber. And there's more hope in The Last Jedi for me than there was in Empire and in Attack of the Clones. And... That still wanted me to see, you know, maybe want to see the last, uh, sorry, the uh, Rise of Skywalker. But, you know, those different pieces coming into play, 
I think Ryan Johnson did change that paradigm, at least for me, where yeah. the middle chapter is dark, but there is more hope in there. And I actually appreciated that. Yeah. And even with uh, Leia sitting next to Ray and saying, we have everything mm-hmm. we need mm-hmm. um, and giving her that reassurance that they're going to be all right. Exactly. You know, Leia's hope or Leia's theme is hope. And, um, you know, Ryan Johnson ran that all the way through to the end. So that's I, I, you know, I was actually thinking about that when you gave us the questions and does the ending of each match up together? And I was thinking, no, The Last Jedi does not at all because it is hopeful. And the mm-hmm. other two are uh, gloom and doom, just mm-hmm. like you were saying, Charles. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, right on. <laughs> no, yeah, 100 percent. I didn't honestly, I've never really even thought of it that way, but. Yeah, you look at Attack of the Clones and, you know, one of the last shots we see is the entire, you know, clone army right. and all those Star Destroyers going up. And, you know, obviously in Empire, what do we see? You know, one of the last things is, you know, the Luke falling down. Like, I mean, there's a lot of doom and gloom and it's going to happen. And in Last Jedi, yeah, I mean, you kind of do have more hope because what Luke did in the sacrifice he did. And then... Right. Uh, mm-hmm. The hope that, like Andrea is saying, that Leia has always had through and through through the entire saga, include, you know, if you read the canon books and everything, Andrea is 100% right. It's hope. And then that's what she gives Ray. So, yeah, it is more it is more of a hopeful ending. But like you said, Charles, it has that really dark part of it, though, mm-hmm. where, you know, for a lot of that movie, you were kind of, you know, you were wondering what's going to happen because, mm-hmm. you know, Snow, you know, Snoke. Snoke dies. Kylo becomes the supreme leader. Like, man, there's a lot of just like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. there's just a lot of unanswered questions mm-hmm. heading into the rise of Skywalker. And that's kind of what each each middle did, though, too. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. yeah. You know, like what happens to Clone Wars? What you know, obviously we get those answers because of the animation, but you know what what happens? You know, after Empire, you know what 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 are we doing? There's mm-hmm. so much to 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 know and to answer so yeah that and that's part of a middle a middle chapter two is having those unanswered questions yeah. mm-hmm. heading into that final yeah you need yeah. to tie up the loose ends yep right and the hardest yeah. part of course when you think that you know uh jj then pulling into you know the last Thank the rise you. of skywalker <laughs> tying not the two movies previously but everything else before it so like okay yeah. here's the here's the mess of uh, wires we have to tie up in the best way we can and uh mm-hmm. let's see how it goes it's quite the daunting task for sure for even you know right. the most you know the most hardened uh fan it's not an easy going it's not an easy go for that for sure yeah. well if you think about it too for even for ryan for the last jedi i mean how i mean obviously as wonderful as i think the force awakens is and i think again that's one of those movies that everybody kind of accepts as it's a good movie it's mm-hmm. a great start to a to a to the sequel trilogy and everything kind of gets us gets us back into star wars but how it ends it does you know, Ryan was pinned into a box. So not much, you know, there's only so much that he could do as far as, you know, tying what loose ends were in the first mm-hmm. one and then continuing and having new questions and new mysteries to answer in, in the last one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of look at it that way as well. Yeah, if you look at the way, and I think it was Andrew was talking about this before, me was Lauren, I'm not sure, but looking at the way that uh, Lucas had structured not just the original trilogy but then also the prequels where you had a common thread and a common story and a starting middle and end points and like you said before you know regardless of the lines or maybe the delivery the clunkiness of the dialogue you still had the story holding up attack of the clones which really should um 
elevate it from the position it's in these days of being the worst movie. I still think it's a fantastic dive into the depths of where our heroes are going and the ultimate rise of Vader. And it's still a fascinating um, part of that entire story. So if you have those those two trilogies are playing along with a common thread that's planned from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Now, none of us, at least I, I'm pretty sure that no one's ever definitively said, okay, we did these sequel trilogy with no plan for the end. You know, hmm. Pat and I have had this conversation before about do you think Palpatine was the ultimate evil at the end of the movie, of, uh, at the end of the trilogy? Not sure. Obviously, no, you can't definitively say that until someone actually says it, but you get the sense that it wasn't. But then you still have that middle chapter trying to bridge the Force Awakens, tell a story that's compelling within The Last Jedi, and then hand it off to end the entire story. You know, you can make arguments for looking at that movie, and, and I've done it myself, where I look at things and see in The Last Jedi, like when uh, just after the, uh, the throne room lightsaber battle, where Rey, you know, they're about to hold hands, and that hesitation for that one moment where you see Rey was actually going for the lightsaber, and right. she completely caught Kylo off off um, off hand, and that sort of plan that she had going into that, to me, is a bit dark. It's not Jedi like. She was being very, she was opportunistic in that sense. And yeah. what can I say? I say, well, that's kind of dark. Is it kind of dark, or she's being smart because she's a smart character? She spent her whole time on Jakku. Who knows? But yeah. I can start watching these movies again and looking at these things and start filling the plot details on my own mm-hmm. to make the story work. So when you get to the rise of Skywalker, yeah, it's a big bomb that it was uh, it was uh, Palpatine, but is it that big of a bomb? Who knows? Uh, but did they talk about it? Don't know. I mean, that's the whole thing. Is that like you have the OT and the prequels working as this common thread line, and then you've got the sequel trilogy, somewhat broken, or at least what we think is broken, but still you have to have that middle chapter that's the darkness, and you're working towards the end. No matter how dark it seems, you still end up with the third movie trying to bring it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. I think what's interesting about the third installment of each trilogy is you had Return of the Jedi, which could have ended wherever, which of course was going to end in a victory for the good guys. Mm-hmm. Because as far as anybody knew, that was going to be the last of the Star Wars for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But then in the prequel trilogy, you had to sum everything up and bring it around to a new hope. Mm-hmm. So you had a specific end game mm-hmm. uh, that you were working towards through the whole prequel trilogy is, you know, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happened with the Clone Wars, with Obi-Wan and the army, with what happened to Anakin and all this. But ultimately, you know what's going to happen mm-hmm. with these characters. You know, Obi-Wan's going to survive to the to the original trilogy. You're going to find out about the Clone Wars, what they were, what happened, and the fall of Anakin. You're going to find these things out, but you know where it's going to end. You know Anakin's going to turn into Vader. You know these things. Uh, with the sequel trilogy, again, you have no specific, you know, known by the audience... Um, Mm. end result yeah very true Mm -hmm. you know you can you can leave it open-ended as i think they did and close off the skywalker saga as it's now known you know well and still leave room for 
kind of a launching off point for either other media or future films. Mm -hmm. And um, so they all had different um, sort of objectives and different outcomes, I think, Mm -hmm. which, you know, could be linked back to the middle trilogy, the middle episode of each trilogy, because you've got these stories that are leading somewhere, somewhere very specific. And, um, you know, in each case, it leads somewhere, somewhere different, Mm. which is really very cool to see in each of the trilogies. Mm -hmm. It's a very good point too, about the, the known quantity of the ends of each of the, you know, the OT and the prequel trilogy, and then the open-endedness of the sequel trilogy. You know, if you're trying to appease fans or make it a fan-fun film, but also then end the story, but then also end all of the stories, yet, you know, are you going to box yourself in for the future? Well, obviously he didn't, because there's plenty of storytellings, and they've got, you know, the Galaxy's Edge, you know, in Orlando and, and uh, mm-hmm. in uh, in California with these characters entrenched in there. And sort of like, you know, we're mm-hmm. not going to kill all these ones off with our you know, $1.2 billion investments in these different kinds of places. But, you know, that's, it's... And then COVID happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Disney yeah. did it. I don't know. <laughs> you oh, really man. need to fix Galaxy's Edge. How do we do that? Pandemic <laughs> it. Just yeah. pandemic. Just kidding. I've never been. I want to go. So oh, yeah, I mean, you know, we everybody need wear a mask so I can finally go back to Disney. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's very simple. It's like super yeah. fun. We were there. Um, when were we? January? Yes. Yes. Ugh. Yep. Um, Just before. Yeah. Yeah, we were there January. We were the first people. Like we were at the tap styles first. Mm-hmm. We were at the front of the line, which is the first time I think either of us have ever been at the front of the line. Yeah, life everywhere, absolutely. (laughs) Opening day of Galaxy's Edge. What time did we get there? Like 3 Mm -hmm. a.m.? Yeah. No, we left the hotel at 3 a.m. And we got there like 4. We got there like 3.30. Yeah, Yeah, 3.45. And we were still like, there were were several people ahead of us. I don't know even what time they opened on opening day. But we got there at what, like 4 and walked straight through the tap style, straight through the park, past the Chinese theater, all that nonsense. Yeah. And straight back into Galaxy's Edge. And um, there were still many, 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 many people in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what time they got there. But um, when we went in January, um, the two of us were at the front of the line. We were the first people yeah. at the tap styles and all. And um, due to... Um, you know, a slight reactor leak. Uh, <laughs> we we weren't able to uh, to get our boarding passes properly for Rise of Resistance, which we had each done separately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that I was there on opening day of Rise of Resistance, but but anyway, yeah. um, we had Jerk. both done it separately, <laughs> and so we were going to do it together, and. Like, it just was bad for the boarding group. It was just, it didn't work out. No. So we ended up, uh, what time did we ride? Like 6.30? 6.30, yeah, 6.30 in the afternoon. That also included, I think, two downtimes that, you yeah. know, because it's a very highly complex ride. Uh, so it went down for an hour uh, and uh, once and then close to an hour on the second one. And when it when it started back up again, 
Um, we were actually worried that they were going to actually shut down the ride for the day, which we would have gotten a oh, wow. guaranteed pass for the next time we come back. Uh, so they count for that as well. But we were able to ride it, thankfully, at uh, together. Yeah, at like six thirty in the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so we were literally there from what, five a.m. Mm-hmm. till seven. Yeah. At night. Mm-hmm. With with a really quick jaunt to Epcot to get a cupcake. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and the rest of the time, literally the rest, rest of, of the time, time, we spent in Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Just and loved every minute. Out. Taking in the scenery and the and the and the noises in the um, in the uh, walkways and things like of, of various creatures and and watching watching the um, Ronto Roasters uh, droid <laughs> doing his thing and, and like complaining about his job and stuff. It's just so good. Uh, so so you know, just the the immersion that you do, and then we spent. Oh gosh, we're about forty-five minutes with that poor cast member. <laughs> yes, who loved our attention, by the way. <laughs> yes, he was so, like, like because everyone was a little miffed, I guess, that was waiting for their boarding groups that hadn't gone yet, and you could see the wear on the cast members that were like, "Look, we get it. You want to ride? It's been shut down. I get it, but." It's not my fault. It's not not my fault. Travelers, uh, it's not my fault, travelers. Bright suns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, (laughs) bright suns, travelers, and I'm the administrator of this fair outpost Um, or something. So um, so there was a lot of, like, tension on behalf of the guests and all. But, like, this guy was just trying to appease people. So we're like, so listen, our speeder gets... (laughs) That's like twelve parsecs to the gallon or whatever. It's just nonsense. Um, just you know, kind of trying to brighten his day and pass the time, and yes. <laughs> who knows what. But um, it's just it's it's very interesting because it's a world that you don't know from the films or yeah. really any other media, but the Galaxy's Edge comic, <laughs> um, and of course the. Um, Lost, uh, yes. Not Lost Stars, but um, there, it's um, yeah, Black Fate. Spire uh, and Crash of Fate. For Crash of Fate. There you go. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, aside from that, you don't know this place at all. Um, but when you go in, it feels like home, like Star Wars. Mm. Nice. And um, it's, you know, it would have been very easy for them to do like, Oh, here's Hothland, and here's Tatooine land, and yeah. and all this stuff. But it's it's interesting that they went that route, and it still feels so familiar. It's mm-hmm. very so. Um, just to close off the discussion here, do you think that time will do well by the movies, these middle chapters? Mm. Because you've got Empire, which obviously, like Pat was saying before, is the commonly accepted best movie. Um, you know, I like it. I mean, there's like for me, I don't. I, I'm bored with the asteroid chase. I'll fast forward through the fa- the asteroid chase. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's certain aspects of every movie that yeah. I've seen enough no, that right. well, you know, right. it's not like it's cool, great, but um, depending on my mood, I'll sort of like fast forward to the parts that I like of any of these movies. But do you think that time will help? Um, even the keel between Attack of the Clones and especially the uh, the Last Jedi as compared to Empire. 
We'll start with Andrea, maybe. What do you think? Uh, I don't know about Attack of the Clones. You know, I know you see a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, it's the best or it's really beautiful. It doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Uh, I feel like it, it kind of has came back a little bit. But for me, I mean, looking at images of Attack of the Clones, hands down, it's it's beautiful to look at. The characters, the wardrobe, um, mm. the special effects once, you know, and especially how it's been cleaned up um, in 4K and on Disney+. Plus. It looks fabulous. But sometimes I want to watch it without the volume on. I'm going to be honest. And it's not because of John Williams' score. It's because of the acting and the dialogue. And it's really hard for me to get behind that movie because of those things. So I feel like it has come back uh, a little bit. I don't know if it will ever be, um, you know, an empire. I just don't think it will be, hands down. I just... um, I wish with Attack of the Clones I could like unlearn everything I have learned because, (laughs) 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 yeah, because you know, before you get to Attack of the Clones, if you're an original trilogy fan, you saw A New Hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi, and then Phantom Menace came back, and I don't know for me, I thought it was pretty awesome, and then Attack of the Clones was just kind of like meh, and (laughs) it's it's almost like I needed to forget the way I remembered Star Wars movies to see that movie because it was just, it was so different to me. Um, But anyway, I don't even know how to describe it. I just wish I could go into that movie with a clean slate. I think I would like it better. It makes total sense. It makes total sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Last Jedi, uh, I think, yes, down the road that there will be different fans to love it more than there will be fans to hate it. Mm. I don't think the I don't think because it's so divisive and right now it's kind of like it already is like an even keel. Some people hate it, some people like it. Just mm. you know, just like Pat was saying. I think it will swing a little bit more that whoever starts to see it for the first time, like let's say like my kids' kids or as my kids get older or anything like that, I think newer fans will love it and not hate it. Mm. I don't think there's going to be any new hate for The Last Jedi. I'll say that. Cool. Empire's okay. awesome. 100%. <laughs> 10 out Blowing of 10. endorsement. <laughs> Lauren, what do you think? Ooh. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of echo what Andrea was saying. I think that with time, I think, like she said, we've seen Attack of the Clones not get as much hate, I think, as it did when it first came out. But it's interesting, like she's saying, like, I think the people that, well, and I don't want to group it, but, like, people that do actually love that movie, it's one of their, it's their introduction to Star Wars. The Mm -hmm. prequels was their introduction to Star Wars. So they didn't, like Andrea was saying, have any preconceived notions, maybe, about episode one, you know, episode four, five, and six. Like, maybe they, maybe they've seen them, but this was their Star Wars. Mm -hmm. This was, you know, films that they grew up with. The characters they grew up with, and they will defend it just like OT people will defend their mm-hmm. defend those movies, and just like the people now that are in the sequel trilogy, they will defend those movies, mm-hmm. you know, for for all time. So yeah, I think I think time will do it justice as far as I don't think it's gonna like Andrea said. I don't think it's gonna get any more hate Attack of the Clones. I, I don't think it can, and I don't think it will. I think people will just. I think as fans, we've have accepted the prequels whether you are an, an original trilogy or a sequel fan you're just like hey you know what it's, it's a star wars movie 
It might not be my favorite, but I, you know, there are aspects, just like we have said before, there's aspects in Star Wars that we all like and maybe we don't, that we don't like. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's just part of being fandom. Um, Yeah, I mean, Empire, again, I think it is, to me, again, I grew up on the OT, just like Andrea and probably just like you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, the Empire, to me, is that movie that I I gravitate to and that I love because it's one that I remember growing up on. So I will say that is probably my favorite Star Wars movie if I had to rank, which I hate ranking, but I will, you know, that is my movie. Some people, it's not their movie, and that's okay. Again, it's, it's. I think the time. I think it just depends on the time mm-hmm. and like the 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 group and the people that are watching these movies now. Mimics some sometimes a lot in a lot of ways what's going on in the world, and you can make parallels and everything like that. So yeah, I think these movies will will age fine and we've seen it with attack of the clones and and empire strikes back i think it will the last jedi will be the same thing time will like it will let it time will be fine people will hate it less and people will just accept that it's a star wars movie that maybe they didn't agree with or whatever but they will you know it won't be as bashed as it is now just because it is so fresh and every in everybody's mind so that's that's kind of my take on it cool great points Great points, Pat. Uh, well, I no. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? I, perfect. Uh, what? Wait, are we? Recording? We can wrap it up. Now. Yeah. Are yeah. we recording? Okay. All right. Um, I'm an eternal optimist, so um, I feel as though I, I hope as though the um, the Attack of the Clones and the Last Jedi are well-received in the future because I want all Star Wars films mm-hmm. to be well-received at mm-hmm. all times. Um, but uh, I guess that's that's kind of my wish. Whether or not that, that becomes true is, is up to people and their opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more interested in hearing Charles' answer to this. Oh. <laughs> I don't have an answer. <laughs> No, no, I I, have um, I agree with everything that's been said, and I'll reiterate, I think, the, the entry down. point um, that Lauren was talking about, you know, OT, prequel trilogy or sequel trilogy. Um, we, you know, on Twitter, we have people that we know and follow who were young when the prequel trilogy came out, and that's their trilogy. And they are now either podcasters or have that voice on social media and say, mm-hmm. you know what? You guys back off the Pukul trilogy. It's a fantastic. This is my Star Wars. I love mm-hmm. Jar Jar. And that's not generation. I'm just saying in general. But, you know, mm-hmm. Jar Jar or Attack of the Clones is a great movie. I love the prequel trilogy. Um, so that's their entry point. And Pat and I have witnessed, even far beyond his daughter, but uh, witnessed at Galaxy's Edge, you know, four-year-old mm-hmm. girls in, you know, store-bought or whatever, but yet dressed up as Ray. Mm-hmm. Walking into that mm-hmm. park and being moved to tears when the cast member comes and acknowledges this little girl who's mm-hmm. got hair and got everything as much as she can dressed up as Ray. Here's this four-year-old girl who is looking at Ray as the hero. And she's mm-hmm. like ecstatic. And you see people taking pictures and it's a beautiful moment. The entry point for these young people now for the sequel trilogy will carry that sequel trilogy as their mm-hmm. first 
you know, their first experience. And we'll forever look at Rey as the, as the strongest Jedi or the last Jedi or mm-hmm. the Skywalker who she is. And that will carry the franchise throughout. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think it hopefully, you know, over time it'll get more love, less hate because of those things. And hopeful, yes, but uh, we all love Star Wars. just want everyone to, you know, sort of take it for what it is. Parts we don't like, parts we do like, but in, in the larger scope of it, it'll be, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Well said, like, Charles. I got goosebumps. Yeah, <laughs> no, and I love that because Andrea and I, when you know, we've talked to people and we love ha- we love knowing people's entry points into Star Wars because it's 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 vastly different as we've been talking about. And Galaxy's Edge is now, like you're saying, Charles, is a lot of people's entry point into Star Wars mm-hmm. just by just by via going into a theme park and seeing all this. They're like, oh man, what is this? And you know, having these characters, like you're saying, like Ray. And these little girls or even little boys like looking up to that character as a a a hero is awesome. And that's what Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's George Lucas, how many times has he been quoted saying, This is a movie for young children? Mm-hmm. You know, as adults, yeah, we're fans of it and we dissect it because we love it so much. But if you really look at it, it's for freaking kids. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the beauty of it, though. But I mean, in it, and we pass it on to our kids, and we pass it on to, you know, your nieces, your nephews, or whoever, because it's that, it's that great, and it's that emotional connection that we all have, and that's how the franchise moves. Like you're saying, sure. It's all inclusive at that point. The books too, everything, all all the media. Yeah. Yeah. My Mm -hmm. nephew, um, when we were doing a podcast of what's our favorite moments in Star Wars, and I asked everybody in my family to give me their example, and my nephew at the time, I believe he was like 10, um, God, I'm a terrible aunt because this just happened. How do I not know his age? <laughs> I asked him, I go, what was your, hey, hey, buddy, what was your favorite part? And he said when uh, Ray crossed the lightsabers and said, I am all the Jedi, that was his favorite part. And I was like, right on. Nice. Yeah. Very powerful moment for sure. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. That's great to hear. Like we said, that's entry points now, and that's yeah. going to be his Star Wars going yep. up. And that's yeah. awesome. And that's part of the fun. That is part of the fun. He's 10. I'd like some clarification. Check the math on it. Just a few months ago, he was 10. Sorry. It's new. He's 10 or 11. We're not sure. Just one of those. <laughs> I think that it's I think it's it's really fantastic that um you know the the little girls of today have Ray to look up to. Yeah. And my daughter included who's had what three four four Ray outfits. Um, <laughs> um but uh you know you can make jokes about it all you want but Leia was like the OG female protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, okay, she's the only girl in the movie <laughs> or whatever, but um she owned it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. She... Mm-hmm. And and it kind of turns that whole damsel in distress uh, motif on its ear. Oh, amen. Where yeah. absolutely. You know, the, the 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 dashing knights come in to save her from the jail and and she's just like probably could have gotten out of this myself better than the way you two clowns are doing this and 
you know, you got us into this mess. You have, have a plan on getting this out. And then she's like, look, let's blast this and go down here. You know, she come up with the escape plan. Right. Mm -hmm. it, like, Lucan and Chewie had even, like, droids that could have helped them with the escape plan. But they didn't have one, you know? So so you've got these, these female characters now that kind of echo that, um, that same... Um, sort of um, idea that George had in the beginning with Leia. Mm -hmm. You know, it would have been very easy to have her be the one who was rescued, mm. you know. And then, you know, that even translates to the prequel trilogy when they're on Geonosis and and, uh, <laughs> and Anakin's like, but what about Padme? And then Obi-Wan <laughs> looks over, he's like, what would she I do? think, yeah, he's like, she's she's got this covered. <laughs> <laughs> Like already on top of the pillar, already picking at her handcuffs, like, and they're and the two guys are like, "Well, what do you think we should do to get out of this?" The you two know? Jedi. Yeah, the two Jedi. Right. Exactly. So, Good job. You know, so, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily understand the disdain for female empowerment in Star Wars uh -huh. because it's been there since the beginning. Yeah. And um, it's just cool to kind of see that renewed and refreshed through each trilogy right mm -hmm. you know in uh the last jedi and like you're talking about andrea that scene when they're on the falcon and she says to to um ray we have everything we need you know as, yeah. the, as a sign of hope then when you get to rise of skywalker luke echoes that line and says you have everything you need so yeah. she's she has that final piece which is her you know and yeah. then she's off into the future and we know how it ends but that will carry the franchise very far uh, yeah. from what we've seen. And, you know, that doesn't discount Finn. It doesn't discount Poe. And any of subsequent stories that we may have that may supplement the Rise of Skywalker or the sequel trilogy that makes us enjoy it more, like the Clone Wars did for the uh, the prequels. Like, how, how important, and to bring it all back to the start, you know, my love for the uh, Clone Wars at this point is massive, only because they helped me enjoy three set uh, three movies and an important yeah. part of the entire Skywalker, Skywalker saga and that's hopeful for the future for that as well yeah agreed yep well that was much longer but fantastic than we had anticipated <laughs> Um, did we have a time limit I no no but aware. we've you know we've uh <laughs> at this point we've doubled every other banter fodder that we've actually talked um so yeah so um thank you very much for for hanging out with us and having fascinating discussion and great great topics and great ideas and and takes and all that it was absolutely amazing yeah, thanks for having us. I mean, really, it's so much fun. I know we're obviously huge fans of both of you guys, so we love listening to your guys' show and your guys', you know, your ideas and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we we appreciate you guys having us. And, again, we always, like I always say, and I think like Andrea always says too, it's nice to have other podcasts promote, like especially female podcasters and pushing them into mm -hmm. the forefront. So we appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Well, on that note, where can uh, people find you guys? Well, they can follow us on Twitter at the Galactic Pod. Um, that's where we're pretty much at on social media. Um, and then our shows, you can follow us on uh, Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, all the good stuff. 
And uh, you can follow me, Lauren Romo, at Lauren Knows on Twitter as well. You can follow me, Andrea Gutierrez, at R2D2Step on Twitter. Very cool. I almost want to say, may the force be with you. <laughs> We're going to do our own outro. Sorry, we just took over your show. Sorry, we totally took over a conversation. And ended it we're, we're, we're better for it, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and we love your guys' show. It's accessible. It's very much like what Pat and I do, just talking Star Wars and having fun with it and different interpretations and weekly and changes positive yes and positive exactly exactly and the books and everything yeah thank you we appreciate that uh, you can find us ready go for it pat oh man <laughs> <laughs> our flagship is at conversations.com yes and um we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash conversations wait this is our show people would, should know where to find us Anyway, <laughs> we need um, the help. Keep going. We're at Suations <laughs> on Twitter, and uh, we're under Conversations on Instagram. Uh, we've got a Spreadshirt store. Yes. We're part of the Red Five Network. Yes. And, you know, we're otherwise cool dudes. <laughs> <laughs> to ourselves, we are. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, what else really matters? This is true. <laughs> Um, so I think that's it. Is that it? Are we missing anything? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, in that case, <laughs> I guess since we were talking about middle episodes of three trilogies, um, one of the ties that binds is uh, Yoda. Mm. <laughs> He's influential to Luke in The Last Jedi and Empire mm. and to everyone in in <laughs> the attack of the clones so um in that respect i guess um hmm. greetings listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network.